Head to netsuite.com slash briefing now for their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Tuesday, October 20th. Democrats score a big court victory over Pennsylvania voting rules. We'll discuss that, plus new mechanisms to enforce the rules in presidential debates, and finally... Republicans for Biden keep making themselves known. The Supreme Court of the United States, in a 4-4 ruling, said that the state Supreme Court of Pennsylvania ruling about voting and when absentee ballots, mail ballots can be counted, should stand. Now, this is really important. John Roberts, the chief justice of the United States, sided with the more liberal justices to come up with this 4-4 ruling. And since there are only eight currently on the court, as we await Amy Coney Barrett's ascension to the Supreme Court, it means that a 4-4 split, the lower court ruling, in this case, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, it stands. Well, what is that ruling? That ruling is that if ballots are postmarked or sent by Election Day, but received up to three days after, up to November 6th, they shall still be counted. This is a huge advantage for the Democrats who have been fighting across the country in state after state to try and get some extended deadlines, not for when the ballots can be cast or sent, but extended deadlines for when the ballots can be counted if they are received, if the mail system is overloaded, because so many more Americans are voting by mail this election season than ever have before in American history. And so Democrats are fighting to make sure that if those ballots were postmarked and sent by Election Day, as they need to be according to the rules, that there is some window of time thereafter where they can be received and still be counted. And in Pennsylvania, that timeline is now three days after Election Day, according to the United States Supreme Court. Donald Trump clearly was not pleased with the ruling. We got a ruling yesterday that was ridiculous, where they can count ballots after the election's over. What kind of a thing? So what does that mean? We're going to wait till after November 3rd and start announcing states? It's crazy. But we got a a strange ruling from the Supreme Court yesterday. I was very strange. Once again, Chief Justice John Roberts, a Bush appointee, clearly disappointing the president in his own positioning on the issue on the Supreme Court. But let me just debunk what the president is saying here. They're talking about counting the ballots after the election's over. These are votes that are cast for the election. Either they were cast before Election Day or they were sent and postmarked on Election Day. These are not people who are voting after the election's over. It's simply that it's going to take some time to count all of the mail ballots. Now, here's the thing about Pennsylvania, folks. Pack your patience. It is one of those states that has almost no history of voting by mail. No real history of a big percentage of absentee votes. So it is going to be an entirely new process for them. And they can't begin counting votes until Election Day. There's no processing of all those votes that are coming in by mail in advance of Election Day like occurs in some states. They can't even start sorting and counting the mail votes that they've received thus far, never mind over the next two weeks still, until Election Day. So they can't start counting to Election Day, and they're going to have like a 500% increase of what they normally have in terms of vote by mail. So it's going to take them a while to count, which is why when you look at the election returns on election night out of Pennsylvania, the in-person Election Day vote, which we expect to be a very pro-Trump vote, it may look like Donald Trump's win in Pennsylvania going away. 
But remember, we know that more Democrats than Republicans are inclined to vote early and by mail. So as these do get counted, you can begin to see that blue shift in a place like Pennsylvania occur from Election Day going forward for the next three days that the Supreme Court says they can now use to count the votes. Here's what else matters today. The Commission on Presidential Debates, the organizing committee for those presidential debates, and that's a committee that's been having a rough year, if you haven't noticed, put out a statement yesterday indicating what they're going to do to try to course correct from that first debate in Cleveland between Trump and Biden, which you all may recall was a bit of a debacle. Remember, it is six topics. Each topic gets 15 minutes of debate time. And of those 15 minutes, the first four minutes divided equally, two minutes for each of the candidates uninterrupted on that topic. So what the commission has said is you get your two minutes that you're talking uninterrupted and your opponent's microphone will not be on. So they're trying to limit the interruption here. I'm not sure this one structural change is going to stop Donald Trump from interrupting if he wants to, even if his microphone's not on. First of all, his voice may get picked up by Joe Biden's microphone. But if his goal is to go in there and repeat his performance from debate number one, I don't think this change is likely to stop him from doing so. Now, here's the real issue. Donald Trump shouldn't be going in there trying to recreate debate number one performance. It didn't go so well for him. And finally today more Republicans coming out for Joe Biden. We saw this during the Democratic National Convention, where the Biden team sort of paraded high-profile Republicans as a key part of its message that week to America, showing that Joe Biden has that bipartisan appeal, that he can cross that divide and incorporate sort of a really wide tent of a coalition for his candidacy. It was one of the key message points the campaign tried to make, and they've been making it throughout the fall with various Republican groups for Biden, kind of coalitions around the country holding virtual events. Well, add two more high-profile names to the mix. Admiral McRaven, remember him? He led the successful military effort to take down and take out Osama bin Laden. And remember, Joe Biden was on the other side of that argument. He was not so sure that President Obama should move ahead with that mission. But McRaven was in charge of that mission, and it was successful. He writes in the Wall Street Journal about why he's voting for Joe Biden today, and yet he touts his own pro-life credentials, his pro-Second Amendment and gun rights credentials, but he says he is also in support of Black Lives Matter, also in support of finding a path to citizenship for dreamers, also in support of an inclusive society, and all of that brings him to support Joe Biden. Also today, the former Republican National Committee chairman, the former head of the Republican Party during the early years of the Obama-Biden administration, Michael Steele, is now voting for and endorsing Joe Biden. He put out an ad with the Lincoln Project today explaining why he's willing to turn away from his own party, the party that he led as chairman. But with Donald Trump at the head of that party right now, he can no longer vote Republican this presidential election, and he is putting his vote in for Joe Biden, touting Biden's quest to heal the soul of the nation. On election night, when you look at the exit polls, as I will be doing all night long, I have no doubt the overwhelming majority of Republicans will be supporting Donald Trump in this election. But these key signals from some of these high-profile Republicans, from sort of corners of American politics that we don't normally see come out for a Democrat, is a signal not just to Republicans, but to independents, to suburbanites, to more moderates. It's a permission structure for people that may not normally go out and pull that lever or check that box for the Democratic presidential candidate that it's okay to do so. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com briefing. netsuite.com briefing.